feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer! I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome back to the Sports Experience Podcast. New year, same old degenerates. I'm Chris, <laughs> this is Dom. Uh, just please give us a like, a comment, you know, get onto our Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But other than that, man, let's just get right into it because we're on right the ice. Yeah, we're, on we're on the, on the ice, ice again. With one of the best. One of the best, uh, basically from when we were growing up. Oh, like, yes. One of the more famous and better hockey players of his time, a man of his time in a good way, Chris. That's great. I always remember him as a ranger, but he is the... Oh, yeah. In that Euler dynasty. He is. We've talked about that on a couple yep. of past episodes, too. So, uh, Mark Messier, everybody. The captain. Yep. Yeah. The Messiah. <laughs> the Messiah. After, after his name. And I remember I was just like, I've never even heard that nickname, but it's just such a great one that it was just like, yeah, that's such a... They only gave well, that one out once. Yes. Only one time. That's right. Can't No gives these backsies. No gives these backs. Uh, Mark John Douglas Messier, born January 18th, uh, 1961 in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada, uh, son of Doug and Mary John or Jane, whatever. Yeah. Son of Doug, who was a professional hockey player. I was going to say hockey family. You come from Canada, it's either maple syrup or hockey. And he was <laughs> hockey. Um, he also said like it was a very hockey family. Like if you go through his like his cousins, his brothers. His brothers played. In yep. some, and one of them played in the NHL yep. for the Colorado Hockey Rockies. <laughs> That's, what, that's such really, a great. They, I mean, that's what they were. I mean, I this know, is a baseball team, but that was such a badass logo. That, oh, oh yeah. I missed that. The mountain and the sea. Well, when I first read it, I was just like, wait, his brother was a. Ba- oh, it's the Hockey Rockies. <laughs> it's the now New Jersey Devils, yeah. oddly enough. And they'll come back into play in the story at some point. But uh, he pl- grew up kind of in Western Canada and then uh, in Portland. Yeah, his, his dad moved for hockey mm-hmm. business. Business, that's right. Um, basically great hockey bloodlines growing up, but the anti-Brett Hull. He wanted to play hockey. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any jean jackets and Marlboro Reds with white snake. No, sir. Not no, for Mark Messier. I was going to say he was all in and was very much like leadership role even in his in the youth. You know, yeah. very much a center. And I mean, just growing up in that atmosphere where everybody's playing. And mm-hmm. it's like you have multiple brothers who play. You have cousins. You have uncles. Everything um, goes to St. Francis Xavier High School, um, where dad was. his dad was his coach, mm-hmm. which we see that a lot. Uh, Forsberg episode we did. Remember his dad was his coach? And his dad uh, ends up becoming his agent later. So it, it, it's his very like family hockey-oriented. And I remember him saying like his dad was busy a lot of the other times with like his brothers and stuff like that, with hockey stuff. So he would talk to his mom a lot, and his mom was very hockey, yeah, like knowledgeable and everything. Because obviously, just you're a hockey family. Yeah, you're a hockey mom. I don't think. I mean, at that point, you just kind of have to accept it. Exactly. Like, what'd you do today? Play hockey? All right. Well, I guess I better learn this. Yep. Um, he uh, was a center and left wing there in high school, and basically a hockey phenom out west there in Canada. Yes. Uh, 1976 for the Junior Spruce Grove Mets of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. He's only 15. His dad didn't think he'd make the team, yet he does. Yes. Like, that's how good he was. So he was uh, a year or so younger than everybody else, but he still was, like, at that level. And then we'll see this coming later on because he, he's, like, 17. And he's just like, I've outgrown this league. Yeah, like- Where it, that's the kind of shit that you see with, with the – really people who are ready for that next level where they're they're just like no no no, i could join this 
league when I'm younger, and when I'm a little bit older, it's just like, no, no, no I'm out. I've outgrown this. It's like they they're they're built differently, almost yes. like Lindros, where he was just an adult playing against children who will come back later. <laughs> oh, yes, he will. Um, and 66 points in 57 games as a 15 year old. Yep, can't even legally drive in the states, but it doesn't matter. Um, the next season, the team relocates to St. Albert's, where he becomes the captain, which is a very recurring theme yes, for this is. gentleman, Yes, for his leadership. 74 points in 54 games? That's so ridiculous. He is. he is. He's dominating mm-hmm. at this point, and he's 16. I bet he's getting the ladies. Well, of course he is. I mean, this is when he was headed hair follicles. This is when he had hair, I was just going to say. This is just a, when it moves past this region here. Oh, man. <laughs> of course you're bald. You're George Costanza. That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, falls in his dad's footsteps. As he's training, though, for the 1980 Olympics, um, one of his uh, former teammates is coaching the Indianapolis Racers in the WHA. And what happens, Chris? Well, and this is where uh, Gretzky actually had gone. Mm-hmm. So he, he almost follows this path of where Gretzky goes. And he, he plays for them for like four or five games. Yeah. And doesn't sign. Yep. Which I thought was interesting because everybody thought he was going to sign. And then literally, I think it was like two months after that, they were like, oh, so our team folded. Yep. <laughs> which is such a great move from him because if you're like 17 years old, a team comes in, tries to sign you for, I think it was like 30,000. Yeah, it's like, I'm buying a Corvette. Exactly. Like that's, that's, I can't even imagine. I'm buying that Schmitty Stingray. But I feel like he, his family and him were such in, uh, in the hockey community where they were like, nah, this isn't a good deal for us. And they waited and end up joining, he ends up joining Cincinnati Stingers mm-hmm. and that on a, Real contract. Yeah, on a real they, contract. They don't you wouldn't fold. have gotten thirty million or you wouldn't have gotten thirty thousand dollars. And yeah. I mean, I think had he come from a family that didn't kind of know the ins and outs of hockey, uh, particularly on the business side where your dad and your brothers are professionals, they yep. probably would have signed that he probably would have signed just that in an instant. Right away. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, no, I'm gonna hedge my bets. I can just go back and keep kicking the crap out of people. Exactly. Like that it, which you see was such a great move from him because he ends up playing forty seven games for the Stingers mm-hmm. and the Playing for them, the WHA ends up folding slash merging. Go listen whatever, to that episode. Whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah, it was well, the meanest merger yes, of them all. Exactly. That like the that's that's where I want because it was a merger, but God, did they they were just like, no, 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 no. You <laughs> you will accept all of our terms and suck our you know what. Yes. Like, um so his so the Stingers end up end up not being a team anymore. Um and he gets into the NHL entry draft. Yes, he does. The uh, nineteen in there in nineteen seventy nine. Um, as as uh, young uh, as younger than he normally would be because you you at that time had to be twenty to get into the entry draft, mm-hmm. and I think he was eighteen or he's about to be nineteen. And because he had already played for a team that folded, he was allowed to enter. Yeah, that's what, and the NHL wanted that because they wanted the uh, already existing NHL teams to poach all of the talent that exactly. they had not signed to futures contracts from the WHA. And we had brought it up in the WHA episode, which I wanted to bring up with Edmonton. Yep. All of these teams in the WHA, they were picking at the bottom of each round in this draft. They're losing people. They could only protect one skater and a goalie. Luckily for Edmonton, they protected the most important skater. Yes. But yes. their front office, let's say they're all of them, did a fantastic job with these drafts because they saw the value in people like Mark Messier exactly. drafted in the third round, 48th overall. 
Well, it, if it it I feel like it was a very rich uh draft because you had a bunch of teams kind of exploding, but you definitely see the Oilers went in and they made themselves this dynasty from this era. You know what I mean? Cuz they they end up having a really young team that Messier kind of takes over. He does start at left wing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he starts at left wing. Um and uh Issues as a rookie there in his first year, 79-80. He misses a team flight in October. Oh, I saw that. Send him back to the minors, um, the Houston Apollos, and then uh, even moves back in with his parents this year. Well, which, uh, he, he, he was partying a little hard. He was going a little rough at it. My know? name's Mark Messier. I'm not employed, and I live with my parents. Yes. <laughs> uh, good for the so tuna. <laughs> but this, this kind of like, I, I imagine as a rookie... Gets him to buckle down, and it, it you see this team really become one of the best. Everyone's the same age, too. Yep. They're all around the same age. They're all super good. They just need more experience. And, and then they're just lo- they're absolutely loaded, these yep. Edmonton teams. And then in uh, 94, he moves to center in the, uh, in the playoffs, which I thought was interesting. And Oh, in 84, yeah. In 84, sorry. Yeah, because uh, – go ahead. It's just I I just always find this interesting that he moves to center and they're just like oh yeah that was perfect because he had made the All Star team the previous two seasons at left wing at left wing which is amazing yes but then you were just like he's even better two ways as the center and that's uh, when you look at like where the Oilers really start to kick in and everything starts to gel is essentially having two lines with two of the best centers that you that have ever played have. hockey yes like the, the, just the embarrassment of riches mm-hmm. um has a hundred uh over a hundred points that year um and they switch him to center after he makes the left left wing all, as an all-star yep. they do it in the playoffs they don't do it it like at the beginning of the season exactly. like they're trying they're just like all right well we're gonna do try something new this year see so we want you to go and work on this in the off season no no it's it, the playoffs yep we're, we're, we're asking you to do this crazy shit right now. And, uh, well, he has a pretty damn incredible uh, 1984 Stanley Cup Finals for him. Yes. With the uh, drive for five uh, New York Islanders they're playing. I was just going to say, so we have the Islanders in their dynasty uh, off of their four-peat. Mm-hmm. They'd beat him the year before, too. And they beat him the year before. So everybody says, like, this was the uh, the comeback and... I mean, a lot of people say that this moving them and having the two strongest lines really like essentially won them this Stanley Cup because you look at who wins the MVP of the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. It's Mark Messier, the Con Smythe winner. Yeah, that's right. So, like, you really think like that had to have been one of the catalysts that really took this Oilers team and beat this dynasty Islanders team. Well, in Game Three, they were down two to one. He tied it up, tying the game, and then in games four and five, without Grant Fuhr, with yep. their backup Andy Moog, they still win. I mean, that type of leadership is pretty incredible mm-hmm. from a guy who's what. 23? I think so, yeah. yeah. He's like 23 years old and scored 26 points in the playoffs that year. Yep. Like, come on. Well, man. that's it, it's like we were saying, they didn't have the best team. So, like, everybody's the same age. Everybody's 22 to 25. And as we talked in our Grand Fear episode, might be snowing in the summertime in some of these hockey cities. If you well, know what I mean. you know, it's some of Not with Mark, but no, some no. of the other guys. Some of these boys are partying. Which, come on, man. You would, right? Oh, man. Absolutely. In Those the 80s? Th- there, 
There's no downside There's to this no draw. Negative. There's no negative effect. There's and when we play the Penguins in Pittsburgh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Iceberg is still in the men's room. Pirate Parrot, you can go to Three Rivers, but if you're going to Civic Arena, Iceberg's there. He knows how to take care of you. It's technically the same guy, just different suits. Exactly. Well, it has to be. It has to be. So the Steelers don't have a mascot. They were doing steroids, not cocaine. That's right. <laughs> anyway, 84, 85. Uh, at 55 games, he puts up 54 points. The roster is stacked, though, because it's not only yes. Gretzky, you have Glenn Anderson, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey. We did Paul an episode Coffey. on on the back line. And, uh, well, they go into the uh, Stanley Cup finals to play the Philadelphia Flyers. And, well, they do the exact same thing. They win in five. Yep. This is the year before. So they go back to back, and everybody's saying, like, this is, you know, hockey's back in Canada. It is back. You know? It's so They're winning championships. Yep. Yep. Follow the only road there. Uh, 85 86, he makes the All Star game. Um, Fortunately for Mark this year, they do not end up three peating. And we've brought it up in our. uh, Great Fear episode. This was the Steve Smith own goal game. Yep. The accident, uh, accidental goal uh, against Calgary. But uh, the next two seasons, he just starts lighting it up. He keeps lighting it up for him. Well, if you if you look at them over the this five year period of you know eighty four to whatever, you think of them as this powerhouse team. You yeah. know what I mean? Kind of like one of those like Red Wing teams where you're just like, man, there are so many great players they go back to back 87 88 mm-hmm. um and then you see a ton of these players go away and yeah. that's and that's the thing that if we were talking oilers i would get more into this but we're talking mark and i want to talk about how good of a leader he is yeah. on on a winning team because he's one of the holdovers i mean when i mean we have to bring it up obviously gretzky leaves yep after 87, 88, because... Go, goes well, to the Kangs. Goes to the Kangs. <laughs> Raisin Kangs. Raisin Kangs. <laughs> the fry sauce is so good. So good. And Barry Melrose's mullet. Oh, God, oh so God. good, Barry. Come back to me, Barry. <laughs> so, so after they do 80, 87, 88, Coffee's gone, Gretzky's gone. A, a ton of these guys who you would identify uh, as these dynasty players are gone. They're like the 90s Bulls, essentially, of yes. hockey. Like, yes. I mean, it was just like that type of juggernaut. And then we get into 1990, which I feel like solidifies Mark more as like this iconic player. Because in 88-89, they lost in the first round to yep. Wayne and the Kings in yep. the playoffs. A lot of people kind of forget that. And everyone's thinking the Oilers are finished yes. because everyone associates their success with the great one. With the great one. And that's, that's not the case. No, that's fine. It, I mean, it's a va- I mean, you can make that argument if you'd like. Yeah, that's But it's fine. certainly not true. No. For the messiah ra That's for the messiah ra ra uh, So 1990s Oilers do what, like, like you were just saying, do what people thought was not impossible, but not probable. Do you no, know what I mean? 100%. So losing to the Kings, all of that, where they were just like, okay, this team's done. Um, they go back and win their fifth Stanley Cup. But he's the Hart Trophy winner this year. He wins his oh, yes, first yes. league MVP that in 1990. Other, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. Where 100, he, 129 points, career high. I mean, that's pretty damn incredible. Yes. He won the he won his first MVP. And because I feel like his stats during the 
like you were saying, like he would do like 50, 60 point uh, seasons. Mm -hmm. I feel like he was more of like, he would do stuff that wasn't on the stat sheet. And then this was one that you were just like, oh, he's doing everything. It's like when you talk about like leader, like you said, it's like it doesn't show up in the box score, but it was there, you know? Yep. Uh, No no hair at this point. No hair. He is, he is going all natural. Good for you, Mark. Going full Bruce Willis and diehard at this point. He's Nakatomian Plaza all over the Boston Garden. They won in five. He finished. He almost won the Ross and the freaking uh, Hart trophies that year, but he finished second to Gretzky. To Gretzky, which is just like almost. But he's won. He's won five Stanley Cups. He's not even thirty years old. And this is the the year after they win this is when he's like finally fed up with the Oilers front office because they're not spending money. And he was just like, dude, we're just killing this team. So I think they, they end up trading uh, Adam Graves and he just goes, all right, this is ridiculous because it, it just wasn't, they're not getting the caliber of players that they're letting go. It's essentially like, okay, we did all this winning. We built up all this good faith instead of maybe selling the team to someone with deeper pockets in Edmonton we're essentially just gutting the team outside of Messier because he's what's going to keep people coming back. Yep. You know, we already lost Gretzky, but we still have Messier, but we don't have to pay anyone around him. Exactly. We won one without Gretzky. I mean, like, this goodwill will last for years, and it's still 35 years later now, the last cup that the Oilers have won. So after they get rid of Graves by 1991, he's... You're right. He's fucking had it. Yeah, and and his dad, who who was his agent at the time, um, they definitely because I think his contract went out in like '93 or yeah. something like that. But he was like, "We're we're done. We're not staying. You need to trade us." They got upset by the fucking North Stars that year, and that was the Mighty Ducks fucking they North got Stars upset team by the North Stars. Yes, so he was like, "This is ridiculous." And for his credit, he definitely is a player that has to be on at least like a team that has the potential to win. Do you know what I mean? He can't be on one he's of not, these. He's not going to lead a bunch of stiffs because exactly. nobody's going to do that. But if you have like, you know, teamwork, inklings of talent exactly. on the roster, he's going to drag it out of everybody. Yep. And he, you can do it the easy way by just playing well, or you can do it the hard way with the Messier. Yes. So uh, October 4th, 1991, he is traded to the New York Rangers, who, my God, it's been 51 years since they've won a Stanley Cup at this point. And do they desperately need a leader like Mark Messier? Well, the the locker room, this is literally what he said. He was just like, when I first, Mark Messier, when I first came into the locker room, they wouldn't even talk about getting to the cup because they were just like, we haven't done it in like 50 years. So we don't even, and he was just like, no, 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 let's talk about it all the time because that's our goal. (laughs) And and it was just one of those, like, he was like, it was almost like taboo to bring it up. And he was just like, I'm going to talk about it because this is what we want. I mean, he's like fucking Tony Robbins on ice skates. Nice. That's what he is. Nice. He is a leader. Convincing. But uh, out the gate, they're great. He wins his second heart trophy. Yes. First year, 92. Uh, first team All Star. They win the President's Trophy for the best uh, record in uh, NHL during the regular season. So going into the playoffs, all it is is, I mean, you have a guy with five Stanley Cups under his belt. Yeah. You're just like, all right, he's he has the experience, and then they get, I, for me, blindsided by the Penguins in the second round. Well, I mean, they're defending Stanley Cup champions, though Pittsburgh. 
they're coming in. Scotty Bowman is now the coach. Still, yeah. And I think Coffee's there too. It's not. Oh, Coffee so, was. And there. plus, you got you and fucking Yager. I mean, like, you're right. It, there's no shame in that. But it was still everybody thought the the Rangers were gonna be. This was like everybody, it, and this is what everybody says with the Rangers. They're just like they get your hopes up. Yeah. New, New York teams, yeah. It, but it's not even like comical, like the Mets. It's like sad. Yes. Or like the, you know, the well, Nets or anyone. It's just like, oh, this is bad. And this is what leads into this next season because there's almost a, a rift with him and the coach. And mm. then 92 93, the Rangers have one of their worst seasons with Messier, if not their they worst. They missed the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first time he ever missed the postseason yep. in his NHL career. What is he in? Like year 14? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird. I wish I would have gone back and looked at the number of postseason games he played. He probably could have tacked another like five seasons onto his career just by the amount of times he played in the postseason. Yeah, seriously, though. Freaking crazy. I but, think he's second in postseason games. Yeah. Or something like that. I believe where, it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He's way up there. Um, 93-94, though, is the season Yep, for him and the team. They come back strong. Head coach Mike Keenan. Win the President's Trophy, gets some 84 points, and then also in the All Star game. Um, basically, what happens is they go on a run here, Chris. Well, I was going to say, and, and New York really backs the Rangers this year. So they, they see that last year wasn't necessarily a fluke, but they needed to like reorganize. This year, they're again the best team in hockey. And then they go into the playoffs and just start crushing people. Yes, with the Islanders in the first round, uh, beat the Capitals in uh, five in the semifinals. And then we get to the Eastern Conference Finals and this is against the, the New Jersey Devils. And this is the, the, the game you want, the rivalry you want, either with this or the Islanders, I'm just saying. They're fans who are face painters, yeah, chest right. painters, because they got to support the team. We're the Devils. We're the Devils. Devils. Um, down 3-2, Messier does what one of my favorite things in sports. I love it. It takes such when balls. It, and when it comes true, he, he goes, we're winning game six. And people are just like, oh, okay. And then he proceeds to score a natural hat trick. Which is so, insane. Not only did he say we're going to win, he went out and won. They were down two goals. That's Joe Namath shit. Broadway Mark right there, man. Seriously, this Babe Ruth fucking pointing his dick out. You know what I mean? He's just like, ladies. How about this hot dog? How about this hot dog? I need two root beers. But it's not that they won. It's that he scored three that's, goals. That's what I mean. So just just him saying they won and then him getting like a point and you're just like, oh, that was cool. Fucking scored three goals. They were in New Jersey. They were on the road. Yes. They had to win this game to go back to Madison Square Garden. Yes. So for Game Seven, which fantastic, one they, of the best Game Sevens. It is. They were winning one to zero um, uh, with seven point seven seconds left. <laughs> the Devils tied it to send it into overtime, and then it goes into double, double overtime. Over. And Stefan Matteau uh, puts them ahead two to one, and they go to the Stanley Cup Finals. One we've discussed yep. in our Pavel Bure episode. Um, and what happens, Chris? Stanley Cup, uh, he scores the game one winning goal. Mm-hmm. And something I found interesting was he's the only player to win two cups as captain for two different teams. So he was the, the and this is what Gretzky couldn't do. No. Was he was the captain for whatever, Oilers all those years and... So he wins his sixth Stanley Cup. 
It's ridiculous. And this is the first one in New York in 54 years, I think they said. Yeah, 54 years. 54. And um, just how he could come into that franchise, which has been just so down for so long, like hopelessly mediocre. And the, the picture of him after they win it, and somebody was saying that, which is so him running across the ice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just a just classic. Just cup. Yeah, just a classic uh, hockey photo. Yeah, and it's like, this is what you brought me in to do. Yes. Or at least maybe you thought I was going to do it. I well, know. I was going to say, that's, I mean, they definitely brought him in to do it, but they didn't think, I mean, there's there's so much speculation, you yeah. know, with bringing players in. But, yeah, it, it's it's, you can't deny his results, you know. <laughs> the man gets results. Six six Stanley Cups. Six Stanley Cups. They stay competitive over the next couple of years. He keeps making some all-star games for the Rangers. Well, 95-96, he's 35, and he had 99 points. Yeah. So shit like that where, where hockey players, because hockey must be so brutal on your body. And he's but played in 14 postseasons. Exactly. Like, that's 40, 50 postseasons. He's played extra seasons than everybody else. <laughs> and, yeah, he's still just killing it. 96-97, uh, Gretzky joins, mm-hmm. which that's just a great – and – if you look at almost like what the old guard was, yeah. which was Gretzky, Messier, they end up meeting the Flyers in the Eastern Conference Finals yep. and just get overpowered by a 6-7 Lindros. Yeah, Lindros and the, what was it? God, what did they call him? The Legion of, the, the Legion of Doom? Legion or of Boom Doom. Or, yeah, it was yeah. Legion of Doom. I was going to say Legion of Skanks, but that's not right. Uh, almost. But that was their, uh, that was their, actually his last postseason. Yep. Uh, as, as well as for Gretzky, too. Um he basically, at that point, though, had some issues with management. Well, he wanted to stay. He's, mm-hmm. it, yeah. he's made this very clear. They didn't want to pay him $20 million over three years. He mm-hmm. said he would do one year for six, which is even less than... Exactly. So he And that's what he said. He was just like, I offered them less than what they were saying that I was offering and they were just like nah we're done with you and it was really shitty for both sides because the guy they picked up pat lafontaine who was a great player he had concussion issues yep and didn't pan out for the rangers and in the summer of 97 messier heads to vancouver for well it doesn't go so well while he's over there so bad it's terrible it's and it's he get he to say that he was the fans hated him is such an understatement. It really is. It, it's really interesting when you see somebody, and it's just like everything goes bad for him. Yeah. They give him the captaincy over a fan favorite player, mm-hmm. number one. Um, his number 11 had been previously retired. And he asked to unretire it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I get if you're a player and you want, but ooh, it's a retired number. And it also was like some guy who like had a tragic. Yeah. He, he died at some <laughs> it point. Was, it yeah. was, it's, it's, Everything he did rubbed the fans the wrong way. They end up trading um, their old captain to the Islanders because mm-hmm. Messier wanted to like pretty much be the captain of this team. Uh, the team did not do well. They just weren't a good team. Like the Canucks over this time were not a great team. This is like after this is right as they're getting rid of Beret too. Yep. So like they're absolute dog shit. In only three seasons, he put up 158 points. Granted, he's in his late 30s, yes. but the productivity still could be there for him, you know, which is kind of sad. And he's not named to the 98 Olympic team. Not saying that, they would have won it, but... That was surprising. Um, some some people thought that he still should have been named, but that's, I mean, if you look at 
the way he was for the Canucks uh, as opposed to the Rangers, he wasn't at that same level, I feel like. Um, but he goes back? I was just going to say, when when his contract comes up, the Canucks had, didn't even approach him to resign. No. Um, the, and which is good on the Rangers, which I, I like this, where they're just like, you should retire with us. That yeah. was a mistake. Like, you if know? you're going to retire in Edmonton, yes. retire here. Yes. Nobody, nobody wants to go to Vancouver and retire. The Cove? The Cove. Uh, age 40, puts up 67 points. But even right when he signed, he said he would guarantee the playoffs. Yep. And captain over Brian Leach, you're thinking, all right, maybe they got one more in him. Sadly, he ends up getting hurt the next couple of seasons. And they miss the playoffs each of the three seasons. He's there with the Rangers, which is kind of crappy. Yeah, it sucks because he, he goes like through an arm injury. And, I mean, he's 41 or mm. whatever. So it's like... I can't even imagine playing high intense hockey at that point. But no, of course not. Yeah, ends up retiring with the Rangers, which I do like. I like when players get to go back to where they should retire. Oh, definitely. Uh, he moved into second place during this time in the all time points list. Only to Gordy Howe, <laughs> yep. or, uh, or he passed Gordy Howe. Yeah, he passed Gordy Howe to, only to to the great one. The great one. The great one. Uh, 2007, he makes the Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, which is well, obvious. Like it's yeah, going to yeah. happen. Um, and yeah, arguably, probably a top 10 hockey player who's ever existed. Yes, I think, I think so. And definitely. it's not just his ability on the ice. It's his leadership, too. Well, like we were saying, it's the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheets that he should probably be getting more credit for. If oh, you yeah. look at like having six... Stanley Cups and second in points. And I think he's second in playoff appearances and like just shit like that where you're just like, oh yeah, he was the captain of winning teams everywhere but Vancouver. Everywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's just that's just who he was throughout his hockey career, which you just can't like I said, you just can't deny the results. No. So sixteen all star games, uh two time MVP. Uh, WHA Hall of Famer, and also the last WHA player to ever play in the NHL. Oh, he that's last awesome. Girl. He was yeah. the last holdover who the made it. The last holdover. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. So, yeah, I figured you'd enjoy that when I looked it up. So. I love those stats. Thank you all very much.